0: Welcome to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. This special series features some of Milwaukee's most distinguished leaders. They'll share how they overcame challenges, developed their skills, and achieved success, so you can gain insight and inspiration. And now, Leadership is in Session. Well,
1: welcome, everybody. It is it. True joy to be back in the studio today for the Athena Communications Masterclass. Leadership is in session. Today we have with us Dave Steele, who is the executive director of Mobilize. And while I have you, our Wonderful audience. I thought I would put in a little plug in case you have not checked out all of our previous episodes for the Masterclass, as well as our podcast on the Edge of Equity. We encourage you to check those out. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can also find them on the Athena website. So again, back to you today. Dave, welcome in. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks so much for joining us today. And as I said, you are the Executive Director of Mobilize. Talk to us about what that is, what that does for Milwaukee, and what your work involves.
0: Sure. Thank you. You know, it's great to be here. Mobilize is a convener an advocate, a thought leader in the space of multimodal transportation in southeastern Wisconsin. Really, I like to think of us as the table around which uh, we bring community members, uh, regional leaders from across southeastern Wisconsin to not just talk about multimodal transportation, but develop action steps and move multimodal transportation forward in southeastern Wisconsin. We've actually been around since 1992 and started as a transit advocacy organization, called Transit Now back in 1992. And, you know, over the years, we've had a number of different iterations. But the current iteration of Mobilize really goes back a few years uh, to the mid-20-teens when a group called the Regional Transit Leadership Council was formed and and came together. And that's the group that really gave uh, birth to Mobilize, as we uh, call it today. And our coalition is diverse and regional. Uh, We have representation from across the Milwaukee metropolitan area from different counties, from suburban areas, from the city. And really what brings our coalition together is a desire to uh, move regional connectivity forward for the purpose of economic development, for the purpose of talent attraction in our region, and for the purpose of creating a more equitable region for all of us.
1: So you mentioned a table, and I love that metaphor. I would assume your table is, is pretty large. And a while ago, it wasn't as large as it is now. How has it grown? How do you grow that table? How do you get people invested, engaged in this work, and really understanding why there is such a need?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, the transit in the Milwaukee area, multimodal transportation in the Milwaukee area has a long history. It goes back many, many, many years uh, from the days of the first horse-drawn buses, uh, omnibuses that used to be on the streets of Milwaukee. And of course, a lot of uh, people remember the interurban trains, you know, and you'd have trains that would uh, span from Milwaukee out to different parts of the region. But, you know, you flash forward to today and uh You know, the last 30, 40 years of transit in our area has been a story of change from how things were, and Along with that change comes a certain desire to still connect people, connect people to jobs, connect people to opportunities, connect people to uh, different quality of life amenities. And, you know, you really bring people around positive vision for what that could look like and a realistic vision for what that could look like. So often in this region and really our country in general, we have a lot of conversations about all the things that we can't do. It seems like uh, social media really is the, the ground zero for, a lot of, you know, here's all the things that we can't do. And Mobilize was really founded on the premise of, let's talk about the things that we can do. Because, you know, despite our financial barriers, despite our political barriers and the well-documented divisions in our region, there are things that we can do from that, that ethos of what can we do has come a number of innovative programs that Mobilize has spearheaded. Uh, Most recently, Flex Ride Milwaukee, uh, an on-demand transportation program that uh, helps connect people to job sites um, in the suburbs um, from the city. That's a tangible program that we helped create, and we will be overseeing this spring under a $4.2 million workforce innovation grant from the state of Wisconsin. But it really started with a simple conversation and a simple premise of what can we do. And our leaders, our our stakeholders from the different counties and different sectors, public and private sector, said, "Well, what you know, what are some of the things that we can do?" And out of that came this concept of like a on demand uh, shuttle program. So you reach people by looking forward, of course, acknowledging the many challenges that we've had along the way and not being blind to those, but uh, you know, looking forward and seizing opportunities as they come up.
1: So I love the positivity. I look at your Twitter, and you list in your bio that you are an enthusiast, and and I hear that, and so I love too that you're framing because there are so many negatives, right? There is a lack of transportation for people, and I've lived in many places and have seen the difference between how some t- cities approach that and how Milwaukee approaches that. But instead of you saying, you know what, I'm going to throw up my hands in the air, there's nothing we can do about it. It's too much. It costs too much money. You know, maybe. It- It's too hard to to gain consensus and move the people along. What inspires you on a daily basis outside of your general optimism to think we can actually make a difference?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I love to seek out um, examples of realistic, viable steps that we can take. So, you know, bus rapid transit, I think, is a great example of reimagining The humble bus. The first time I ever saw a bus rapid transit was actually in in, uh, Guatemala City. I was down there visiting one of my family members, and I see this vehicle go down the street that I thought was a streetcar. I thought it was a train, and I turned to my cousin and I said, "Hey, good for you! You know, Guatemala City built a train," and he says, "No, it's actually a bus. It's a bus rapid transit. Um, It runs in a dedicated lane on the street. It has a elevated platform similar to like a subway. People uh, get on and off and." You know, and I I turn to my cousin and say, you know, we've been arguing over trains in Milwaukee for 30 years. And, you know, here in five years, less than a decade, Guatemala City was able to build a a pretty remarkable bus rapid transit system. I find inspiration in that because that's creative thinking. That's a reimagining of something that we think we all know. We all know what a bus is. We've all seen buses in our neighborhoods. We've ridden on buses. But in other parts of the world, buses have been reimagined and redeployed to high highly effective degrees, and that is just now starting to catch on here in the United States. You're seeing bus rapid transit systems in Indianapolis, Cleveland, Los Angeles, and what excites me is that Milwaukee, for a change, I guess, gets to be at the front of the line rather than coming up the rear guard of bus rapid transit. We have an opportunity to be an innovator in bus rapid transit, to be one of those cities that other cities around the United States look to and say, hey, wow, look at Milwaukee, look at what they're doing. Similar with the flex ride concept, private sector, innovated, came out with Uber and Lyft and completely shook up the transportation system globally. And if you would have said to me 10 years ago, that one day I'd get off a plane in Kansas City and get in the back of some stranger's car and they'd take me downtown, I would have said, that sounds kind of crazy. But Uber and Lyft came along and made that normal. So again, it gives us an opportunity to push the envelope and see, well, what can we do with this? How can we kind of take this and suit it towards our mobility needs? And that was really the genesis of FlexRide Milwaukee, understanding that a whole new realm of technology-driven ride sharing, how do we capture that to help our residents in Milwaukee access places uh, further afield? And, you know, we looked around uh, really globally and saw that micro transit was becoming an increasing trend in a lot of places around the world. And again, this gives us an opportunity for Milwaukee to innovate and uh, test out some different concepts. Similar to the experience of Guatemala City, there's a certain ethos of, well, hey, we have streets, we have buses. Why don't we try to make those buses better and serve more people in a more rapid fashion? And similar with FlexRide Milwaukee, well, we, we know what Uber and Lyft are, and we've seen these different things work. Let's Think creatively about how we can deploy that to help solve our problems. So, you know, it's that kind of innovation that Mobilize has really convened people around is really that innovative thinking so that we can break down those barriers, test out some different ideas, really all oriented around solving concrete problems for people today and helping uh, provide people access and, and choice.
1: So you've referenced a few different ideas, a few different initiatives. Will you illuminate for our listeners what those are and how it could fit into Milwaukee's future?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the bus rapid transit uh, system is uh, really under construction now. It's in the development stages, and that's uh, really a project of Milwaukee County received significant federal funding. The first route uh, will be opening along Wisconsin Avenue later on this year, the middle of 2023, and uh, will provide electric vehicles that operate, about half of the route will operate on dedicated lanes on the street. It'll have signal prioritization, meaning when the bus comes up to the signal, the red light will turn Green, and really offering true rapid service and something truly regional. It's going to go from the lakefront of Milwaukee all the way to the medical campus um, in Wauwatosa. But the second phase of BRT, which is under consideration right now, and our organization, Mobilize, has been organizing advocacy agenda around, is along 27th Street from the north suburbs of Brown Deer, Glendale, all the way down through the heart of the city down to Franklin and Oak Creek. And if you picture that in your mind, you picture the geography of Milwaukee, that length of, of roadway there goes through incredibly diverse array of neighborhoods and communities. Some of the most economically challenged neighborhoods in our region, places where 30 40% of households lack access to even one car in the household, clustered all along that 27th Street corridor, and then just a few miles down along that corridor is a wealth of new jobs being created in places like Franklin and Oak Creek. So we're highly supportive of these efforts. They're, they're cost-effective solutions to moving people to uh, different opportunities. So that's the Bus Rapid Transit project um, undertaken by Milwaukee County, but uh, mobilizes a, a major supporter. FlexRide Milwaukee is really a project that Mobilize has been much more directly involved in and we will actually, after April 1st of 2023, will actually be directly overseeing and that is an on-demand transportation program. Functions similar to an Uber. You can call up a ride on your phone and vehicle will come close to your location and take you directly out to a really any location in Menominee Falls. That's the current um, footprint. We're currently serving about about 200 people at any given time, about 500 individuals over the course of this pilot have been served by FlexRide Milwaukee. Vast majority are, are individuals that don't have an access to, car, to a car in their home or at their home, and uh, they're using it to access job opportunities, uh, well-paying job opportunities out in Menominee Falls. So under our uh, Workforce Innovation Grant from the state, We're going to be able to expand that footprint to new geographies around the region, more drop-off zones in suburban areas, and expand the footprint of where people are picked up in the city. So we're very excited to be able to expand that program and really serve more people. You asked about what's inspirational for me it really doesn't get much more inspirational than being able to really help provide a viable choice for people. You know, someone said to me once, well, what happens if people take flex ride and then they get a job and save up uh, some paychecks and then buy a car? how do you guys feel about that? And my response is, what success looks like for me is that we're helping provide that choice. Because that person who uses Flex Ride Milwaukee to get out to a job that they previously did not have access to, if they choose to buy a car, well, guess what? That's a choice. Because they could also choose to continue to use Flex Ride Milwaukee for the long haul, as many of our riders do. The point is, is that it's a choice. And really, that's what transportation is all about, is choices. We have a lot of choices in the housing market, which is great. You can buy a small, you know, you can rent a small apartment. You can live in a large house with a big yard. We don't have as many choices in transportation. It's kind of a a monoculture around here uh, for our transportation choices. And that's what we're seeking to change, is just provide more choice. And and, uh, more choices mean more opportunity for folks.
1: So you've mentioned choice and you've mentioned workforce development, talent attraction. So on the national stage, we're a little bit behind, aren't we? What do you say to people who might say to you, despite all of that, why should I care about making sure that Milwaukee is on a stage where people want to come here? Why should I care that we want to attract new, better talent? Why should I care that this is about equity?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. To put the dollars and cents on it um, and really the economic argument around why we need to attract more talent to our region, we're facing a, a demographic cliff in our region, and it has been looming for a long, long time. I think the pandemic accelerated that demographic shift as more members of the baby boom generation retire from their jobs. We just don't have enough younger folks to fill those positions and that, that creates ripple effects throughout the entire economy at all levels from retail and, and you know restaurants through middle management in a lot of our companies. So it's extremely important that we turn that around, that we bring new talent into our region. It's a competitive marketplace for talent. You know, and I think Milwaukee, as we've seen other pure cities around the US, Milwaukee has several inherent strengths that we can really lean into and lighten more people about to come to our region. One of our strengths, quite frankly, is that we have a plethora of beautiful walkable neighborhoods. You know, and the architecture uh, folks, design-oriented folks call it good bones. I mean, we have these neighborhoods that are just built for walking and biking and transit. It's a compact city. I'm a bicycle commuter. I ride my bike all the time. Uh, not so much in the winter anymore, but I have ridden through the winters. I've also ridden bicycles in much larger cities, Los Angeles, Chicago. And it is so easy to bike around Milwaukee because we are compact. It's not that big. In Los Angeles, I rented a bike. I rode 50 miles in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and I didn't even like cover half the yes. territory because it's just so huge. Here, it's Five miles in from Lake Michigan, you can get to most points in the city. That is a huge asset that we can leverage. Milwaukee has, believe it or not, the third highest per capita transit ridership in the Midwest, behind Chicago and the Twin Cities. That is an asset. We have a bus system that performs remarkably well for a city our size. If you look at our peers like Kansas City, Columbus, Indianapolis, they're all trying to catch up to us and what we've had in place for a long, long time in terms of the walkability of our neighborhoods and the transit friendliness of a lot of our our neighborhoods. I think it makes sense for us to lean into those things and really elevate those things and invest in those things and ensure that those assets that we have in our city and in our region can be accessed by a broader array of our residents and really drive a more equitable region, addressing challenges of reckless driving, which disproportionately impact lower end communities and communities of color in our city, really addressing that in a meaningful way to make our streets safer. Thinking about transit as a true connector. So the, the bus rapid transit 27th street route that I, that we were talking about earlier. Let's be deliberate in how we plan that so that you can get on that bus anywhere along the length and get to a great opportunity in a short period of time without a car. We're already set up for that in this region in a way that I think a lot of us don't realize. And that can be a huge competitive advantage for Milwaukee as we're competing against some of our peer cities and some other places, not trying to throw shade at some of our peer cities like Columbus or Kansas City, wonderful, wonderful places. But they oftentimes look to us and understand Milwaukee as a place that has long had a lot of the things that they're now trying to get around to building and that kind of density and walkability. So for people that might say, well, why should I care? I think a more equitable city is a growing city. A city that is more walkable is one that is making smart investments in its future. We're never going to be able to compete on weather. We all know that, but I think there's a lot of inherent assets that we have here that we can compete on, and we just have to invest in them and really elevate them.
1: What about the environmental impact?
0: Yeah, a huge issue. uh, Very, very important. I'm really glad you brought that up. You know, I think we often overlook, especially in the U.S., we overlook the fact that transportation is one of the largest contributors to greenhouse emissions in the world. And the United States, you know, being a very car-oriented country, is the largest contributor to those emissions, you know, from the tailpipes of, of our cars. For climate change, in addressing climate change by changing how we get around in our transportation habits, I think is a multifaceted approach. Getting after electric cars as quickly as we can and, and encouraging the use of electric cars as much as possible. It's biking more, it's walking more, it's using transit more. But given the time that we have to make an impact on climate change, I'd say that we should really throw a lot of things at that problem, including electric cars. E-bikes, that's a often overlooked, but e bikes in a lot of places around the country, the sales of e-bikes is actually outpacing electric cars because people are buying uh, an e-bike for a thousand, two thousand dollars, which sounds expensive for a bike. Um, try it out sometime. You, you ride an e-bike. I'm a hardcore bicyclist. I mean, I, I ride a single speed up hills and, you know, I rode 50 miles around <laughs> Los Angeles. So, too. yeah, right. But, you know, most people uh, really appreciate that assist. And I've ridden an e-bike and even me as a hardcore bicyclist, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I mean, it you don't even break a sweat. Those are things that we can proactively get after now to make an impact on the emissions that all of us make, and myself included, in contributing to to climate change through our own behavior. I think transportation is kind of the low-hanging fruit. Average people like us, we're not making decisions about coal-fired power plants or solar arrays. But we can make decisions about how we get around every day, the kinds of vehicle that we might drive or think about driving. And it's low-hanging for us to make a positive difference.
1: So on that note, I would like to close because you've left us with a lot to think about, uh, shared information I did not know, uh, but certainly information that I now will be sharing with others. I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, Milwaukee move in this space. It's also heartening to know that we are admired by other cities. So many times we catch ourselves, you know, on our heels, right? As people are, are asking us, what is going on, you know, (laughs) what's right in that city. Now that is not to undermine all of the good, but we hear it a lot. We see it a lot. So to hear your encouraging thoughts and and again, your optimism and your enthusiasm for doing well and doing good is, is really wonderful. So Dave Steele, thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. And we will talk to you soon. Great. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Dave.
0: Thanks for listening to Leadership is in Session, powered by Athena Communications. Be sure to catch all eight enlightening episodes. And don't forget to connect to On the Edge of Equity with Tammy Belton Davis, available wherever you get your podcasts.